Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Worth It podcast. Our leadership gurus, Ryan Dyer and Andy Dorsey, will talk about maximizing leadership potential, faith, and family, all while raising awareness and funds for children with hearing impairments. On today's episode, Ryan and Andy will talk about how to fight the good fight to make every day worth it. Hello, welcome to another edition of uh, Worth It Podcast. I'm here with uh, Ryan Dyer and myself, Andy Dorsey, and um, we're just two athletic administrators. Uh, we're former high school coaches, and uh, we're just really excited. You know, our our, our podcast for, you know, anyone that's in leadership. Um, so we try to reach out to, to great leaders um, in the athletic world, also in, in school administration. Um, and we're just looking to uh, optimize our leadership potential. Uh, we talk about faith, family, and uh, one of the biggest things we, we, we do this is we're trying to raise awareness and funds uh, for children with hearing impaired through our partnership with UVA Children's Hospital. So uh, at this point, I'm going to turn it over to Ryan, and uh, he's going to introduce our guest speaker. All right. Today on the show, we have uh, Coach Lonnie Alameda from uh, Florida State head of softball coach and uh coach has just done some wonderful things coach is a kiddo that we know real well and just amazing had a great run last year as they finished as the national champion runner-up i know everybody saw that at the world series she's been uh lonnie's been at florida state for 14 years and something that's very cool is she's never missed a postseason at florida state in the ncaa and that's just unbelievable uh, won a national championship in 2018, uh, ACC Coach of the Year in 2017, 2016, 15, 14. The list goes on and on. Uh, multiple Coaches of the Year, National Staff of the Year, National Champions in 2018, and just what a resume, Coach, you've put together in a community that you got rolling down in Tallahassee. So uh, we're so thankful that you're here with us. Ah, thank you, Ryan Andy. This is a lot of fun. and. Uh, it's always fun to to collaborate um, for such an amazing cause. Um, but I think just sharing sports and standards and knowledge and all that cool stuff with people who just have a passion for the growth of young men and women. So really excited to, to join with you guys today. We're fired up. If you would, you know, I, I hit a little bit of your resume and it's just, it's unbelievable. Talk to us a little bit about your roadmap and how you got to Florida State, and anything you want to add about your family? Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, I think roadmaps for coaches are just so tough because, you know, we just have so many stops along the way of um, incredible opportunities. Uh, every place I've been to has um, poured, in, poured into, you know, what I'm able to do right now. So, um, but I started out in California. That's where I was born and raised uh, out in California. My family's still out that way. Um, but I will say, you know, I mean, um, amazing parents and a brother, very small family, um, you know, and then I gained such a bigger family coming across, you know, I went to school at St. Mary's, went to University of Oklahoma. I still keep in touch with all those people. Uh, I coached down in Barry um, University down in uh, Miami, Florida, then went off to Stanford, then UNLV, and then here I've been a part of Team Canada. So I was in Beijing and Tokyo. Um, I played uh, coach with the pride, so uh, some professional softball. So each one of those spots, when you talk about a roadmap of coaching, uh, it's also part of my family. 
and a part of my growth. So I'm just uh, very grateful for everyone that's been uh, in my life and uh, the opportunity to give back to these kids here at Florida State. That's awesome. I mean, that, that's, uh, you know, I, I have some friends that are college coaches. And uh, so it's interesting to hear everybody's different stories and their roadmaps. And, uh, you know, being in high school administration, you know, we, we kind of travel around the little Georgia area, but, you know, you guys are obviously at a, at a larger scale and, and it's neat to see y'all's impact that you have um, through your journey. Um, you know, we've heard a lot about you and what an impressive resume that you have, Coach. But uh, just most recently, let's can, can just kind of give us a little bit of insight on, you know, last year's College World Series, uh, playing for a national title and, you know, any type of adversity. You know, every team, no matter if you win it all or you come up just a, you know, a little bit short, you know, we all have to face adversity. So, you know, what, what are some things that your team went through and just share a little bit about that experience? Yeah, um, cool. We talk about adversity. I think it might be the year before with uh, COVID, right? And I just, I don't even really like to use COVID as adverse situations in the sense of, um, you know, so many people have passed because of, you know, COVID. And so, um, you know, it, compared to what, like not much adversity in that sense. And fortunately we were all pretty lucky with that. Um, not hitting close to home for us, you know, with any of those uh, situations, but um, our life was changed a little bit in how we prepared for things. So, you know, we weren't able to really do much indoor um, things like weight room to um, team building to scouting to just normally what we do as a program, spend a lot of times um, cooking meals together, um, just so many different things. We had to figure out a different pathway um, to build our program and continue to build our culture. And so, um, so if, if anything kind of adversity wise, that would have been it just a little bit different for our freshmen. Our freshman class did not go to live in the dorms. They didn't go to classes. They just, they, they were kind of raised here their first year of college a little bit differently. Um, so we had to figure out how to get that connection piece going. And um, I really feel like we stuck together in a lot of Zoom calls. Um, we really stuck together in a lot of off Zoom connection, um, you know, so uh, I would make sure that we'd have a Zoom call, but then I'd make sure that they had what we call boat crews. So four or five would kick off and they'd have a conversation throughout the week so they could connect so we could bring it back uh, to the team. So, um, you know, really trying to tie that all into building, you know, our team together. And we struggled last year um, finding the identity of our offense. Um, and that became a really big thing uh, for us if we just weren't the same offense as we've been in the past. And um, I feel like that culture piece that we really spent a lot of time in um, through the adverse situation, uh, what I might say, um, got us through those tough times because it was really hard for a lot of kids that you, or were used to producing at a, a doubles rate, a home rate, a big RBI, it's like a lot of numbers. And now there were more situational hitters. And, um, but because of the culture and the time we put in connection, we were able to stay through that, figure ourselves out. And then the special part came and I have a friend in coaching and then he always says to us, um, he coached with the Cubs organization and now he's with the Orioles, but he'd always say like, don't give up for the magic happens. Like, you know, like it's, it's like right around the corner. Right. Like, um, and that's something that Travis Wilson, our hitting coach, you know, he would talk about like, you know, man, we got to the world series, like lesson for us as coaches, lesson for us as players, like don't give up before the magic happens. And I just, those players that offensively stuck in it, stuck in it, stuck in it, 
now we are at a regional and a super regional and we're going to the world series and the championship series and we're hitting timely home runs and we're getting those balls in the gap and a kaylee mudge comes into the lineup and is the lead off and sets the tone for us and so i don't care what sport uh you play what level you're at i think the whole mindset of just staying in it and fighting through it like you never know what's around the corner if you can keep fighting and compete for your teammates so um adversity wise a little bit but in the end it was just about teammate and connection um, that kept us strong to make that run yeah, i love what you just said about don't give up before the magic happens that's a that's a great line and something we should all live by that's really good and you know transition to the boat cruise i love how you broke that down and and something i'm gonna steal from you and, and bringing that back to a bigger conversation that's that's great stuff you know, we, we watched everybody in our community was watching last year and, and what a run you guys put on. My household was, I got a young, two young kids were all in and watching you guys and, you know, you came up a little bit short, but what a fantastic year. I want to transition a little bit to the 2018 when you guys won the national championship. Describe that feeling when you got off the plane and the reception that, that took place and the community that was there. Describe that feeling that took place then, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, overwhelming. <laughs> you just want to put one word to it. It's just uh, overwhelming. Um, I think there's a personal feeling as a coach. And then, you know, of course, for the players that they're actually um, being recognized. Uh, you know, I think sometimes in softball, our season usually finishes before the, um, our school usually finishes before the softball season ends. So baseball and softball are playing postseason, usually during summertime. So there's a not, not a lot of students here um you know maybe the fan base is a little bit different for you in that kind of postseason time and to see everyone during summer come out and support us um and then you know me as a coach and our coaching staff in general to know that we're continuing contributing to the joy of a seminal fan of a softball fan of a a parent like there's so many different areas you're touching um you know you're contributing to their joy of watching sport uh, just really hit home for us and uh was uh it was really overwhelming yeah i can't i can't imagine so that's uh that's got to be an extremely neat experience and uh just to be able to have that gratification and satisfaction and then also knowing that you know as a coach i know you're driven like the rest of us that you know you celebrate for a few days and then you're probably out on the recruiting road you know getting ready for the next year um, a lot of our listeners are, you know, uh, coaches, um, you know, and a lot of high school coaches. And what are some core principles that you, you know, wouldn't mind sharing that you have within your within your program? And, and, and how do you build that culture daily? I think, you know, culture is a big buzzword. And I know that uh, Coach Dyer and I try to, you know, do everything that we can to be supportive of our programs. But, um, you know, I think that's, you know, one of the big things that we have to do is, is to build that culture and to establish those principles within our program. Yeah, I think we could probably whole, have a whole separate podcast and maybe spend a whole day on, on culture and, you know, because there's so many different um, areas that lead into culture and leadership. Um, but the main thing is our core principle. So um, family smart, aggressive, committed, competitive. Um, our core values. Um, we continually um, talk about them. I think it's so important if um, you as a coach have a slogan on your uh, locker room wall, you have a slogan on a shirt, you have a slogan on your letterhead, like 
are you living it daily? I think that's just the, the one simple thing. Um, you know, if it's, you know, be excellent or, you know, fight hard or um, character matters or whatever we're putting out there. Um, how do you measure that daily? And are we, are we making sure that um, we have the right line of communication? So for example, um, if I say, you know, family is a core value, I would think Andy and Ryan, you guys would both go in your mind to family and my family may not eat at the dinner table every night where your family makes sure that the phones are off and it's 5 p.m. and you're eating as a, as a team. And so when I say the word family, that's where you'll go to. But I think we need to find family for Florida State softball. I've got 28 different people are coming from 28 different backgrounds and this is how we family here. I can't just say like we're a family and expect everyone to understand what I'm saying or my expectations. So if you're going to have core values in your program, you're going to live them and you're going to define them. And, and I think it's something that we revisit every week. We have a team meeting every week and we talk about our core values. And then within that common language of our core values, we have our standards and that's where we live above our standards. Um, and anytime we dip below that, we go back to our core values. So if being committed to Florida State softball, being all in, and if someone is not being all in for some reason, late to wait or not turning their paperwork in on time, whatever it might be, it's nothing personal. I'm not having a personal conversation with you. I'm having a standards conversation with you. And now it takes the emotion out of it. So when we come in and we have that core value talk and we have that slogan talk, and then we define it, and then we talk about what's what's living above the line of it for the betterment of your left and right, it helps to have an easy conversation and it doesn't become emotional. And, and I think that's a very um, simple way to kind of talk about it, but definitely can go very deep from there too. Yeah, that's a, a great way. I like the, you know, you got to live it daily and, you know, don't put things up on the wall just to put things up on the wall to, to take up space that you constantly refer back to it and, uh, and look into it. So man, what a, what a great example um, and uh, for all of our coaches and young co coaches uh, in particular. Uh, obviously, when we all started out in our careers, you know, we had that person that we looked up to that guided us to, to get us where we're at. Who's that person for you and why? Ooh, I think that's a tough one. Um, I, don't, I don't really ever have like a person. Um, and this may sound silly, but like I just I love the game. I love sports and I think I always wanted to, to make sure that we could play sport at the highest level with the with the best character. You know, I think when people and so I, I've always tried to, to seek out information to hold the game at the highest standard. Um, and, and I think along the line, you see people that you can put on a pedestal, but they compromise their values to be there. And like it, it starts to come out in the wash, right? You start to see that. And so um, I think I've been so lucky to be around so many great people and pull so many things, but I always keep the game of softball at the highest, like that, that's what we got to respect the most and the players respect the most. So I don't really have a go-to person in that sense. I have a lot of go-to people because it's all about the game to me and sport in general, not, not just softball. I'm just saying sport in general. If you, if you respect the game and you play the game at the high level and you respect the opponent and the players, like, it's so awesome, like to see that that played at that level. Yeah, yeah, good answer. Um, yeah, I do like that. Um, 
so you, you can recruit obviously all over the country and you're trying to find, uh, I think you maybe mentioned the uh, 28, you know, you're trying to find those 28 um, best, you know, uh, athletes for, for you and, and what fits into your program and how, how do you get them? And I know you mentioned the word all in and, you know, and that's one of the slogans that I do like is, you know, we're all looking for those people that are all in. Um, so, you know, we live in a selfish world and I think, I feel like it's getting worse and it's definitely trickled down to the high school level. Um, and, and so how do you get those people to buy in? What, what traits do you look for when you're meeting families and, and meeting those student athletes to say, yep, that's the person, because I'm sure that talent wise, because you can recruit all over the country that, you know, you may have, um, uh, eight girls on the board that have all the same talents. And then at that point, we got to start, you know, uh, differentiating between them to what fits for Florida State. Yeah, um, I think the the very last thing what fits for Florida State is um, people that want to be at Florida State. But I think that's the ultimate thing for me is uh, I am not going to red, roll out the red carpet. We are who we are. Um, I'm not going to beg anyone to be here. Um, I want you to want to be here. I want you to want to be proud of um, putting this program above you. Like, you know, like you are putting this program on your team above you. I'm not, I'm not begging you to come here to make this program better. And so um, it's, uh, it's been a, trying to figure that out, right? Like what is a Florida State site? type player, but it's the one that really, really wants to be here. And um, it's taken a while to kind of kind of identify that and, and talk through that. So um, yes, I, I think that recruiting is the piece of it, right? It's a lifeline to your program. Um, and I'll, I'll say something else to you, Andy, just like what you said about the buy-in piece. Um, we talk about that a lot. Um, I'm not selling anything. Like I, you know, I, I talk about that a lot. Like I am who I am. And I think over time I've gotten comfortable with that. Like um, you, you see what you're going to see from social media to coming out as a fan, to coming to a clinic, to coming to practice. Like we are who we are. I'm not changing anything because I want you to be the most comfortable person you can be when you come here, because when you're comfortable in your own skin and who you are, you can play softball at a high level. When you're not comfortable with who you are, then you're always going to kind of worry about, um, what you say, how you do things for other people around other people. And then your softball skills can't play at a high level. So I think when people really want to be at Florida State, they're making the decision to come here um, because they see something greater than themselves, which ends up being really easy to play selflessly and, and it's really easy to play comfortably. So, um, so those are some areas that we talk about. And I think you can see those people a lot. Um, when you're doing camps and clinics, you can see how engaged they are in other people. Um, when you go out and watch them play, you can see how engaged they are in the dugouts with their families, with their parents. Like you can see all kinds of actions of character marks that fit well in the program. But in end, you want to be excited about coming here for a reason, and that's to make a difference. Um, so, so that's just kind of some things that we talk about um, when we're going through the process. Yeah, that, that's I love that. I love that you said too that, that you know it's it's too hard to be fake. It's exhausting, and that's just really really good comments. You know and that, which kind of, I think, leads me into my, my next question is, I read a lot about you and, and the progress you've made and all the things over 14 years and, and talking with players who play for you and how much they think of you. But something I found unique and I just love is you don't really set goals. You set expectations. Can you elaborate on this philosophy a little bit for us? Yeah, so um, 
I want to say, gosh, maybe 10 or so years ago, I, I sat down with our sports psychologist, Brian Kane, and, um, and, you know, you have alluded to this in the beginning, culture, and culture is a, it's a key word that a lot of people are talking about right now, but uh, it's essentially how a family's run, how a program's run, and um, we talked about, you know, what is the mission of this program, and how do you simplify it? You know, and if the mission of the program is written, it's got to be the mission of me too. Like the, the one running it from top down, right? And from bottom up. So, um, so I think about the pyramid, you know, what's at the top and then I am the bottom layer. I'm the one that, that me and, and my coaching staff, right? We're the ones that are going to give the foundation to kind of build this program up. So um, what are the values and what are the standards of it? And I think the one thing that um, when we sit down, we talk about the core values and, and the standards of the program, um, it's talked about with the team. So um, I'm not gonna write down our team rules or we write them out as team standards without talking to the team first. Like, is this doable? Like, you know, this is definitely something that, that I take pride in and doable, but like, can you guys do this? Cause I'm not gonna sign up for things that we can't do together. I'm not gonna do a nine to five checklist. Like you've got to live this, you've got to live the standards as a team. And, and it's a it's a team led program, um, so like the players got to know that they can hold that standard in the locker room, they can hold that standard in the classroom, they can hold that standard on a Friday night. I think it's so important that they can have sisterhood um, with the, the way they're going to be living. Uh, so we have the, that we have those talks. Uh, so I I think it's definitely something I know for sure. I've got to write up and we got to talk about it as a staff. Um, but if there's a if, if section four. <laughs> is something that they can't do, let's talk about why they can't do it. Uh, and I think as a, maybe as a coach or um, an AD or someone, when you're, when you're writing mission statements and you're writing vision goals, um, if you don't match that with your personnel, like we're all in people business, you know, we're all in the people business and the personnel is like, oh, I don't know where that's coming from, but they don't have a say in it. It's gonna be hard for them to live it. And now I'm judging them versus working together. So I think that's where the, the standards piece comes in. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, you look in, at all the teams, I think, for success and the teams that are that are player led and the coaches with them are a lot more successful. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Great, great points. And it's so fun, I think, for Andy and I and for community to hear you talk about it, but to go watch you uh, live it out or hear from players how you live it out. And it's just it's just really good stuff. When you were interviewing for the job, think back to that a little while ago. I know it was very competitive and it was down to the wire and Obviously, they made the right choice in you, and they talk about it all the time. But they, the committee talked a lot about how authentic you were and how you wanted to be at Florida State. Can you talk to any of our listeners or advice you would give them on, number one, how to choose a job to go after, and number two, any interview advice? Um, cool. I was very happy at UNLV when I was coaching there when this, the job came up. And um, I was actually on my way to Beijing in 2008 uh, with the Canadian national team. And um, I came in to interview um, and it wasn't even 15 minutes on campus. I could feel, I could feel this place as being home. It was a comfortable place. I think when you want to be a coach, you got to have comfortable quality of life. Like you, it's a place you, you want to live. And I 100% live softball that that is me and some coffee right me coffee and softball right 100 all in on that um but you know i've, I've got to be pretty happy at my, my surroundings so i think the number one advice is um you could be going to a place that maybe has the money maybe has the the clout but if you're not happy as a person or your partner is not happy in that environment 
it's eventually going to catch up to you. So I think quality of life of where you're living, like you're going to make the program, the program, wherever you go, like you are, you are the person that's going to make that because your culture, your standards, your values. Like, I feel like uh, softball is not played in Alaska. I feel like I can do a great job in Alaska. I'm very comfortable with that, with the, with how we're going to run the program. But if I'm not happy in snow as a person, that's definitely going to get to me over time, you know? So I think the advice would make sure that you're in an environment that you feel well, your family can be happy because that's who you're coming home to all the time um, with that. As for, um, you know, picking the, the job, like um, I have been challenged over and over again, you know, when I was at Stanford, you know, we had two scholarships in the pack going against Arizona and UCLA who set the standard for the game of softball. Um, when I ended up leaving Stanford, we had gone to the World Series and we were toe-to-toe, -to -toe, a lot of firsts in the program's history. And it just really inspired me to try to make a difference um, in places. Not that Florida State wasn't a great spot to be as a softball coach, but could I take this program to a national championship level? Like, could we get that ACC on a banner for ACC at the World Series? And to see that come to fruition through hard work and our transformational transactional ways, um, really rewarding. So I always stuck with that. I was up for the challenge. I wanted the challenge. Uh, I didn't want to go somewhere that, that had already done it. Like I, I wanted to see it. We can do it. We can do it this way and I'm going to stick to it. And whatever challenge may come, we're going to figure outside the box to make it happen and we're going to do it. So, so thankful for our staff, for everyone's a part of it because they could see it come through and it just, just felt so good to keep hitting those marks because that's blood, sweat, and tears. And um, it's just really cool. So, you know, continue to, to keep that, that drive. Thanks coach. Um, and, and just to close, just one more question for you. You know, when you, when our listeners or myself, when we think of Florida state, there are just so many legends uh, within the athletic department, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Bobby Bowden or it's, you know, uh, Deion Sanders and, um, you know, what, you know, and you've probably never thought of this, but, you know, I think with Bobby Bowden, when you talk to him or uh, listen to what his legacy he wanted to leave behind, it was, you know, it was not about the, about the wins. It was about the, the journey and the ride and, and, and all these things. And, and the wins was kind of a byproduct of, of, you know, the program and the culture that he established and created um, when he, during his time there. So, you know, what, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Obviously um, the stats are there, the accomplishments are there. I mean, you've, you've done just amazing things. Um, and, and when coach told me we were first having you on here and I kind of did some research about you, I mean, I was just blown away um, about all the great things that you have done, but you know, what, what do you want your teams to be remembered by and, and, and what you want to be remembered by when, you know, when, when, when that time comes one day? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, I'm more trying to live that every day is just giving them my best to the team. Like I want to make sure that when I wake up in the morning, it's all about the kids in the program. I put my head in the pillow at night, regardless of whether you won or lost, like you gave your best to them to give as, as much energy um, for them to grow as people. You know, and that goes back to like just, I truly believe in the transformational aspect of sport. And then to see kids come into the program and grow as strong people, like they're very strong in who they are. I just think it's such a cool um, opportunity. Like we have such an opportunity as coaches and, and people in athletics to, to let sport grow them up and you just kind of guide them along the way. And it's just really cool. So I just hope that every player knows that 
whether they they left with a championship or not like i gave them everything i could every day and this program is turning over a leaf to make sure everything can happen for them well coach in closing you know um just we, we're so blessed to have you on here. It was so great. Um, I know along with myself, Coach Dyer, and our listeners that we have learned so much and uh, so wonderful to have you on here. And obviously as a multi-ACC Coach of the Year, I've won a national championship, and, and I know that uh, you guys are going to continue to do great things and, and run in the type of program that we all strive for and that we're trying to teach um, and trying to instill in our young ladies and hopefully become play for you one day. So uh, thank you for your time um, and, uh, and, and good luck this year. Thank you, Andy. It was so much fun. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.